Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection, the connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I want to hear your stories. I want to share your stories. So good afternoon. It's Delene Allen, network equals net worth. I am thrilled to introduce you to Barbara Fletcher. Barb knows firsthand about stress. She gets the challenges of 2022. She completed a 35-year career in the healthcare field. One of the highlights of her career was when she was Director of Nursing Home Services in the province of New Brunswick. She held that role for more than 10 years. She enjoyed healthy relationships with all the partners within the sector. She believes that to deliver quality care, relationships are paramount. Barb spends her time coaching individuals and groups, helping them understand, integrate, and practice tools to master stress. She draws on her experience as a certified heart math coach and as a stress mastery educator. She knows the toll that stress can take. Her personal experience has forced her to look for solutions. She experienced TMJ, temper, Temporal, I'm going to get you to say that since you have temporal mandible joint pain for many years. She was forced to wear devices to prevent teeth grinding. It was only when she got to the root of the stress that she was able to let it go and relieve the pain that she'd been experiencing. She lives in Fredericton with her husband and two dogs. She loves being a grandma. Her favorite pastimes are reading and gardening, Costa Rica is her second home during the winter. Now, Barbara, I think you came out of the womb networking. You were a woman uh, far ahead of her time, thanks to who in your family? I would say it was likely my dad. He was a farmer and an entrepreneur, and he seemed to know everybody. And he remembered things about people that mattered to them. So when he connected with them again a second time, they felt special and probably left the conversation feeling energized. Yes, yes. And so you really, um, you know, it's not what people say, it's watching them. And so with your dad, number one, being a farmer, but he also ran a business. Tell us a little bit about the business and how you were involved with that. So when I was a kid, probably just about 10 years old, which is which is now more than 50 years ago, um, he started a business selling riding equipment, helmets, and all those good things, saddles, because there weren't any available. And I had begun riding lessons when I was five years old. So there was a huge gap in the availability of these things. So he was ever the entrepreneur. He saw the the opportunity and jumped on it. And so my mom was a full-time nurse and I had two other sisters. And so the time, and my dad drove school bus 
and was a full-time farmer. So any of the extra duties as it related to customers, we quickly learned the ropes, knew about customer service, about meeting people and helping them find exactly what they were looking for. So I guess it really did start early on. Oh, well, and when you think about this, I always say the children of entrepreneurs or someone like a farmer, because that really is an entrepreneur, is you see real life happening. You see what your parents do every morning, every evening, and the fact that it's kind of like a 24-7 job when you're an entrepreneur. And if you think back 10 years old, you're doing business. I mean, really, Barbara, when you think about that, you had an education far beyond what you would have gotten in high school or university. And I think the other story you just told me, which I love, um, medical profession is in your background. Share a little bit of that, will you? So when I finished high school, and I love to learn, there's, you know, this time of year as we head into fall, I'm always excited for, you know, what new courses might be available. And so I was heading off to university at 18. And my mother's a nurse, and my grandmother's a nurse, and my sister is a nurse. And I was committed to not doing nursing, I was going to break that mold. And so I probably in honor of my dad's entrepreneurialism, I decided I would study business. And off I went. And that slippery slope, when I graduated from university, I went to work for the Department of Health and, and the rest is history. I think that uh, when we're meant to be in a particular field, we can take skills and expertise that we gather wherever and we're still going to land in that spot exactly where you were really destined to be exactly and so um lifelong learning relationships there's so many things that you're talking about that really to me speak to networking and barbara i have a feeling that you likely still have friends from high school from university and from all of those years of working that you're a collector of people for exactly what your father taught you, that you're interested in that love of lifelong learning. You know, curiosity is just such a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is. And funny you'd say that because over the last month, there are a couple of my teachers from high school that appeared on my social media feed. And so I reached out to them and connected with them. And sure enough, they both remembered who I was. And so we've had a bit of a conversation. So it's, it, that's really fun. Oh, when, when you have that type of relationship long term, to me, that says a lot about what's important to us. And to me, it's more than let's say networking for business. It's really networking to enhance our life, isn't it? That every one of those relationships enhances both lives, right? I, I honestly wanted to know how they were, how they were doing. You know, are they enjoying this decade of their lives and, and, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe there'll be a coffee sometime. Oh, just 
And I'm sure they were thrilled that they heard from you. Yeah, yeah I think and, so. Yeah. And so tell me about all the animals that your parents had on the farm. Oh, my dad was a broiler uh, chicken farmer, and he raised 40,000 chickens. And so they would be the chicken that you would get, um, the small broiler you would get in the grocery store, perhaps at a fast food outlet. And he had draft horses, so I was showing draft horses when I was very young. I learned to ride ponies and horses, um, started lessons when I was five. We had goats and, and uh, ducks and puppies and, and, and all of those individual animals. He named them all. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a good life. It taught a lot of things about responsibility and, and connection because we know and the research shows that energetically how connected we are to animals often reflects their behavior back to us. And so if we um, are frustrated or annoyed, um, odds are that the horse is going to demonstrate the same kind of uh, same kind of behavior. So the kinder, the gentler, the more solid we were with energy, the more likely we were going to get that back. Exactly. And really that it's like being back in nature, the energy, if they're feeling good, you're feeling good. And perhaps if you're not feeling so good to go out and spend time with those animals, pet a cat, pet a dog, ride the horse that brings you back to, okay, I can get through whatever I'm getting through with this particular point. For sure, it's it's that getting grounded. It's it's yeah. connecting with what matters and receiving that unconditional support, which we all long to have from friends and family and and colleagues in our network, for that matter. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So welcome back. So Barbara, we go to university, we study business, we're trying to break the mold of being in the nursing profession. And your first job was where? <laughs> yes, I went to work in the Department of Health. And, and I loved it. I, I loved connecting all of the bits, understanding how the systems work together. I loved meeting new people and establishing relationships. It was a wonderful fit. Excellent. And then uh, as you progressed, that you ran the nursing home services, that must have been a big job. It was. At the time, there were 61 nursing homes that um, I oversaw a staff of 12, and we were responsible for funding licensing and monitoring and it was actually the people um, in the system that really were so important to me I I liked I, I guess I loved at the end when I finished that all of the service providers were respectful of me they trusted me and they knew at the end that I didn't always communicate a message that they, you know, might have been their choice, but because they knew me 
they liked me and they trusted me. They knew that I was doing the absolute best I could for them. So many of those relationships that I established over that period of time have held true, just like those couple of teachers that, uh, you know, 50 years ago I connected with. Yeah. And when, when somebody does know, like, and trust you, it sure makes difficult conversations a whole lot easier, doesn't it? It, it really does. It, um, I think it, it neutralizes some of the emotion that we might otherwise experience. People, we are less likely to take it personally. And they know that you're in fact committed to helping them solve the problem. It's, it's not just their problem. You know, exactly. we're in it together. Yeah. Solutions-based. I love it. And so on, on retirement, because tell us about your dad, what he said on his 80th birthday. I love that. Yeah, I remember standing at the back door with him and he was saying to me, well, I'm 80, so I think I might retire. Up until that point, he had been going to the barn every single day and he still continued to do that. But for whatever reason, there was a switch that he was able to make in his brain. So when I retired at 58, it seemed like an illogical consideration for me to not carry on with something. But I was blessed to be able to make a choice. And that choice afforded me the opportunity to know that whatever I was going to do was really going to be about making a difference and not settling for, you know, some of the difficult spaces that exist out there. I really wanted to make a, a shift in people's lives. Exactly. Take all that you'd learn and be able to put that into, um, let's say, a, a different type of energy, but realizing, again, that natural call to healthcare and, um, and helping people. So I'm going to ask you, how did you hear about being a certified heart math coach? I've actually taken the program, and for anybody listening here, highly recommend it. And Barbara is a phenomenal teacher. So tell us even how you learned about that, because it is the most interesting. So I was introduced to it, to it by um, a family member who is experiencing a tough patch and had gone um, to see a, a resource to get some help for depression. And they brought <clears throat> the notion of heart math and a device and a biofeedback home. And I was like, okay, I think I want to give this a whirl. At the same time, I was living with all kinds of stress myself. And I knew that um, I needed more tools to be solid. So that thus began my interest and love of heart math. And I think what mattered one of the things that mattered most was it's based on 40 years of science. And so there are lots of healing modalities, many of which I practice, but they don't always have as much science behind them. And I knew that I would be able to connect with a much broader audience if I could actually show them proof 
that these tools actually do work. So it, you know, it's been a journey of probably 15 years from my first certification. And um, I practice what I preach. I practice heart math every single day. Exactly. And one of the things that let's say something like COVID or the challenge we talked about in the times that we're in is let's say over, over the span of my lifetime, I've had a challenge with claustrophobia, which there really is no treatment for. And so what I loved about heart math was you actually give people, you teach people the tools. So instead of going to therapy and just talk, 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 when, you know, you kind of walk away and go, okay, what do I do? You really give, empower the person, don't you, to be able to utilize specific tools to help them feel better. That's the most important part for me. I, I'm not dismissive of any of those other modalities, counseling, therapy. They all have their importance and they all have a place. The challenge I always saw was when we weren't in those places and we needed support, what, what are we to do to sort through that? And so the real-time, real-life implementation of tools where we're, everything we have and we need are with us. We don't have to carry anything around. There's no manual. You know, a quick technique can help center and restore that ease in your body is just so important. And I think what I love about HeartMath the most is that I'm able to help people find a customized solution for them. So I'm able to listen find out where their challenges are, and then try and wedge the solutions in in a way that makes it easy for them to remember to practice and that they'll find relief quickly. Exactly, exactly. And I think one of the things that you said earlier in your bio was, um, so if you have a bite plane, that's just a symptom. It's not Mm. the source, is it? So would you like to speak about that? We were, it it isn't, we were around a friend and the friend reacted um, in a way that wasn't typical. And so the conversation, you know, became a bit judgmental. And I suggested to them that there were a couple other scenarios that might be at play. And when we sit and hold space and have a conversation with people, exactly what I shared came up as being the reason she had in fact reacted that way. So when we don't deal with a root or some kind of experience, or, you know, in, in today's language, we sometimes use word trauma. um, Then all we're doing is really putting a bandaid over something and it probably feels better at the time, but it's difficult to hold that long-term because every now and again, the Band-Aid will get ripped off and you'll find yourself back in that same place. So getting to the root, 
is really where it's at. And what I find is with the HeartMath tools, it is much easier, much kinder, and much gentler to actually identify what those roots are. And that's always the reason we're afraid to actually dig into those kinds of things because we're never sure how it's, you know, I always think of it as kind of that bottle of pop that we shake up and, and as soon as we loosen the top, there's no putting the top back on again. And that's a little bit about how we feel sometimes with emotions. And so I find that when we use techniques like heart math, we're able to find those roots in a very neutral and non-threatening way. Well, and somebody a long time ago said to me, feelings buried alive never die. And, and if you think about it like this, you know, kind of layering like the lasagna, and if you don't address it, it will manifest in so many other ways, won't it? And um, again, the, the way I could describe after having taken it, I felt much lighter. And just the fact that it was like, okay, I can deal with this, right? And I have um, a tool in order to be able to use that. And so if you are timid about thinking like shaking the pop and taking the cap off, it's still wonderful to release that and go, Right. Yeah. And I think that the fizz isn't quite so um, explosive. It's, it's much kinder and gentler. And, and I think these tools, we, everyone deserves to feel ease in their life. And I think we have, have for so long believed that, oh, this is as good as it gets. And that's not true. Not at all. Not at all. Again, I'm going to go back to kind of that, I'll call it a can of pop. If you feel a can of pop while it's full and the cap is on, it's really rigid. And what happens mm -hmm. when you pop that, it becomes flexible. And, and to me, that that is exactly what you do is you teach people that they can release that and just feel so much better. Right. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. so, um, Give us, you, you talked to me about a company that experienced a challenge during COVID that business was usually busy at Christmas, but what was happening and, and cause that, I mean. I think that's a, I don't think we have a really good perception of what stress looks like out there these days or some of the leftover stress from the last two and a half years. But this company came to me and wanted me to do a webinar. And what they shared with me was that their company delivered packages and that there was a volume that they normally did at Christmas time. And because we now don't shop the way we used to two and a half years ago, they shared with me that that volume, which employees would have geared up for, you know, because when we know there's a stress coming, we get ourselves ready. We, we say, I can do this for three weeks. It's fine. I, I'll get through it. The, the end is in sight. Well, what happened for them was there wasn't any end. In fact, the Christmas volume became the norm. And you can imagine there weren't more employees, there wasn't more infrastructure, and yet the people receiving the packages 
probably had exactly the same expectations that their parcel get delivered in the same way it might have been prior to our new reality. So when people are stressed and don't have any, you know, have uh, maybe are a little short on patience, we know that uh, life can be more difficult. Exactly. Exactly. But you're giving people tools. So Barbara, when we think about networking, um, what comes to me today is that you loved, you're curious, so you love to listen to people mm -hmm. and you value a relationship. And to me, network equals net worth really is not just about money. It really is about having that full life where you love what you do with people mm -hmm. that you really want to be around and that you're providing value in one way or another. But would you speak to, let's say, your keys to success? What what are things that, that you really value the most? I had a conversation earlier, just earlier before you and I jumped on this call. And what I said was, when I care about people, when I'm able to spend the time and when I'm able to listen, all of what I'm looking for arrives at my door, even if I don't see it. You know, it's not like I'm outsourcing a new client because I'm able to be in that space that allows those clients to find me, which sounds for some people a little bit uh, abstract, but at the same time, I know that that's, that's the sweet spot. So for me, it's really about listening. And when I listen, I really, truly do care. And then it's taking whatever time it needs to, to connect with that person who may be in a rough patch. You know, I spend a lot of time connecting with people on social media. I'll see somebody put up a post. And they'll perhaps be troubled. And I'm not going to necessarily join the chorus. I'm probably going to send them a private message and offer to spend a bit of time with them. And because that's, that's a path forward as opposed to being stuck. So really for me, it's about those relationships and actually, you know, knowing having those people know that they matter yes yeah yeah somebody once said to me we have two ears one mouth and should listen accordingly right um ask questions to really listen to understand rather than just listen to respond you know sometimes people are so busy that they want to respond they're not really listening to that person and i think don't you that we all want to be seen and we all want to be heard and that, you know, really taking the time to listen, um, you'll learn so much more than, you know, you doing all the talking. Like, how are we ever going to get to know really what makes somebody tick? And I, I truly believe that good listeners will always do well in whatever business they have. When we take the time to listen, there are always clues. And it's, you know, I always say to people, when somebody says to you, you know, you ask them how they're doing and they say, I'm fine. We know that that's not even 
even close to what it is. And one of the techniques that we do with HeartMath is we're listening for the essence of what's being said. What's the meaning behind the words as opposed to the words themselves? And when we can practice that and, and be in that space, we really do get ideas and solutions that we would never have have uh, identified without taking that approach. Exactly, exactly. Thanks so much for listening to Network Equals Network. This is Delene Allen and Barbara Fletcher from Certified Heart Math Coach. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Any last minute tips for networking, Barbara? No, just thanks so much for having me today. I really wow. appreciate the conversation. And watch, you'll have all of Barbara's contact information um, at this. So if you've got a story to tell, I would love to hear all about it. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. What you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes. Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with Delene Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.